Welcome to The Secret Life of Parkinson's, a podcast trying to break the barriers and stigma around PD to lessen the fear. It's a disease no one likes to talk about. When people hear Parkinson's, they're afraid, even if they don't know exactly what it is. This podcast is led by Parkinson's patients talking about their daily life with PD. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our segment, Right Out of the Gate. (laughs) I'm Jessica Krauser, and I'm here with Brian Baker. Hello. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Um, And we have a special guest today. We do. Yeah, we do. Joel Savillo is here with us today. Joel, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, Joel is a doctor of physical therapy, and he has his own mobile practice. Uh, It's a physical therapy um, called Movement, Move and Improve PT, correct? That is correct. Awesome. So um, you were not at the gym class the day that Joel came in and spoke to class. I miss his... uh presentation it was a great great presentation so i'm really excited to have joel talk about um basically what you shared with us at the gym so um before we jump in if you want to give a little bit of your background so this one knows that you're legit Uh (laughs) well i didn't bring a copy of my license so Uh. i apologize but um i'm actually a little new to the game i've been exclusively performing physical therapy in people's homes for eight years and I changed to become a physical therapist at age 40 so that was kind of my midlife crisis I went back to school it was something I had always had interest in so well tell them what you did before oh I was a meteorologist I actually worked in risk management industry and it was believe it or not rather fun I had a great group of people I worked with but I just felt pulled in this direction Mm -hmm. so in the last eight years, I've been going to people's homes, which I think is really important because that's where they perform most of their mobility tasks. And it gives you a different perspective than maybe seeing them in a gym or in some sort of clinic. So that's basically what I've been up to for the last eight years. And I do see a fair amount of people with Parkinson's disease. I was gonna say, so do you focus on like Neurodegener- neurodegenerative diseases that people have, or is it all across the board? Well, in terms of what I do, it can be really general. Um, in my education, which was not that long ago, I did have some focus in that area. When I was at Ohio State, I had some great mentors and professors that were there, so mm-hmm. I got to participate in in some of the research that they were doing okay. at that time. Cool. So. Great. Um, one of the things that Brian and I talk about constantly is all of the definitions oh that we hear and like half the words we can't ex- say. You can't say them or you, or you forget to get the definitions mixed up. You're like, is that yeah. bradykinesia? Or? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I, we just want to say like, all I know is like, this is stiff or this is yeah. rigid. But you had a really good um, I- example and I'm sure you then heard it from school. It was the um, uh, uh, letters T-R-A-P, so trap. Right, so can you talk to us about what those are? That's right, if you could just remember trap. Okay, so in order, we've got tremor, rigidity, akinesia, and postural instability. So tremor, I think everybody's familiar mm. with. Uh, that's, that's fairly easy to know if you're experiencing it. Rigidity would just be kind of stiffness or tightness in your limbs. So you may be tested if you um, are suspected of potentially having Parkinson's disease, or if you're a person with Parkinson's disease during 
um, an assessment with your physician. They may take your joints through a range of motion and see what kind of rigidity there is. Okay, so real quick, did you, I, I actually asked my uh, neurologist about this just a couple weeks ago and I went there because they take your arm and they like do this and wiggle it. And yeah, and I, I asked her, I'm like, okay, what are you doing? Like, what does that do? And I think that's what she said. That's how you check for rigidity, like the fluid of like the joints or however they move, right? It could be, yes. Okay. And sometimes, you know, that, that stiffness or tightness can be in the limbs in many places, but yeah. that might just be the preferred location where they might do that just to get a quick and dirty yeah. examination of what rigidity looks like for any given person. Mm -hmm. So, And then, sorry, you can go. Oh, like, that's okay. Like, so we had trap, tremor, mm -hmm. rigidity, and then akinesia. So that's the tough word. A lot of times you'll hear bradykinesia. Mm -hmm. They can be used interchangeably. So brady means slow. Kinesia mm -hmm. is movement. So slowness of oh. movement. And then akinesia, that means absence of movement. So that's where we start to see I have all of it. Freezing. <laughs> <laughs> all of the above. So absence of movement is particularly difficult when you are trying to move, of course, and that's what can get us into some difficult situations with balance and feeling stuck. And that's and then, where they talk freezing of gait. Well, that's where I think that's where I tend to categorize freezing of gait is with akinesia. And then the last one is postural instability. So, you know, sometimes there is the posture that feels as if it's being pulled forward and down. Uh, mm -hmm. That can lead to falls as well. But the combination thereof between akinesia and postural instability is a real big fall risk. Mm -hmm. And the akinesia, I think, is a very difficult thing to deal with. Um, first of all, if you're experiencing it, because it is very frustrating and sometimes mm -hmm. dangerous, but it's also one of the more difficult things to treat as a physical therapist, because what works for one person might not work for the next. Mm -hmm. so. so what do you do with your patients to, to help with the, that? That is a great question. So I think it all starts from a good assessment, you know, really talking to them and understanding where the frustrations are, when it's happening, mm -hmm. and then if we see it in process, then we can start to talk about strategies, either to prepare ahead of time, which is super important, prepare smoothness of movement, moving big, moving with fluidity, so that it's less likely to happen. Mm -hmm. But when it does happen to have strategies in your back pocket that you can use at that instant. So that is what becomes difficult. If you, I, I see it in, folks that have freezing that it becomes frustrating and they try harder and harder to move in the same way and that yeah. doesn't always work so it takes a mind shift and sometimes a body shift to move in a different direction and in a different way to free the person up so that they can continue do you have that problem not so much on like walking or like that but like it's gotten worse when i'm exercising like doing repetitive movements jumping jacks where i can do one or two and then i'll freeze up um same thing with like burpees but sometimes it's just me like is it like do you, do you totally freeze or just um, you yeah like I, I don't I, it's 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 really weird it's like you're 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 telling your body to do it and it's just not moving you know and so mm -hmm. it but then you like I said you take a breath you count back a little bit or whatever and you start all over again so so this might be a dumb question but freezing of gait does gait just mean it's walking walking okay walking <laughs> like, but yeah. you can freeze in other areas, like you said, if you're doing burpees or 
something yeah. else, you might freeze. Yeah, Is it, it, like, like, like jump, your like, arms. Yeah, jumping exercises, anything that's a kind of any kind of repetitive movement. It sounds like you do like two or three, then you have to then freeze up. Like when snap. we would brush our teeth and we'd like yeah, stop. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Okay. Is that like is that that I know that's also, not freezing of gait, but that's just freezing. But it's it's related. I think it's related to the bradykinesia and the akinesia oh. and some of the testing that people might encounter when they go see a physician or other clinician is they might be asked to do repetitive movements and what they would be looking for is slowing down and smaller movements over time. Mm -hmm. That tends to be uh, a significant symptom in a lot of people with Parkinson's disease. So it's, it's, like it's related. When I raise my, or try and wave my hand, I wave, this. I go like this and it stops. Yeah. <laughs> like, so every time I'm like, I go, and then like this one keeps going and then this one stops. <laughs> That's my party <laughs> trick. <laughs> yeah. um, so you talked about different strategies and I know you, you um, you referenced, is it American Parkinson's d d uh, group? Sorry, I, can't, I don't know the, well, all the okay. names, but I they think have it the was 10 from tips. A yes, APDA, I yeah. believe that's the American Parkinson's Disease Association. And, you know, when I showed that slide, it was taken from their literature yeah. and it had 10 good things to try. And I think it's important to work with all of them because you never know um, in a certain circumstance, which one is going to be right mm. for you until you practice it. And then when a freezing episode happens, which incidentally doesn't happen to everybody, mm -hmm. um, but when it does happen, you're prepared. You have tried this ahead of time. So it might make it a little less frustrating when you're undergoing the stress of a freezing episode. So what are yeah. some of those tips that you can share? Okay. So some of them are visual. Um, this one, I've seen some people try this but not too much mm -hmm. um, have a laser pointer or something like that mm. put a spot on the floor and step to it but it might be like even a cat. <laughs> yeah. exactly if we could move that fast it yeah. wouldn't be such a problem <laughs> but also just picking out a visual cue on the floor um, what kind of patterns exist on the floor that mm. you could take a step toward a target because when you choose something that is external to what you are thinking about sometimes that can free you up because of the nature of how Parkinson's mm -hmm. disease affects people so you can pick an external cue in the environment and work to move towards it. So that's something that is, you know, frequently suggested mm -hmm. and tried. Uh, for some people, that may not free them up. Sometimes you might have to, if you're maybe stuck at a doorway, you take a step backwards and then proceed forward or step to the side. But I don't know. Have you? Um, if you have had that, happen. I can see I can see your kids with the laser pointer. Mom missed it. Mommy missed it. <laughs> go here, go there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get, uh. get the get the get the button, mom. Get the laser. I um. actually I see like especially at the gym. I see when somebody is fr is freezing or in that frozen state. And I think you were saying earlier, people's knee jerk reaction is to move faster, but in reality, they need to like stop. Change, like reassess and change what they were going to do, right? Yeah, and I've, I do some of those like visual. Um, I might pick out a spot on the wall and just focus on it while I'm doing jumping jacks or something like that. Mm. It takes your mind off the freezing, and you're not freezing because you're not thinking about it. A lot of times, you just focus mm. on that thing. Counting, um, you know, as much as Melissa yells at us, count. Sometimes counting just takes your takes your mind takes off your thing. mind off it, so you're not thinking about it. So you're just you're just focused mm. on the counting versus the the you know what with the movement. Yeah. Yeah, if you could find something external to you to mm -hmm. focus on, that can be really helpful, especially if it means you're going to move toward it. But what's even more powerful, if you can find things internally that you can do habitually in that situation, mm -hmm. that's even better because 
if you're stuck and you are in a new place and you're looking around for a cue and you're frustrated and you can't find it, that might not be quite as effective yeah. for some people. So, you know, having auditory cues for some people might be helpful if they are starting to notice that it's happening while they're, move, while they're moving and they're starting to slow down or get stuck. Mm -hmm. So, During your presentation, you talked a lot about music and how music can help. And you, there was an app or some, what's it called when you follow this 100 oh, beats goodness. per minute, like the I, mana something? I think it might be called Get Song BPM or GetBPM.com. But, what, but what's that idea? What's the, the, what's the, what's it called? It begins with an M that like your- Oh, metronome. Yes, yes thanks. A metronome, <laughs> of course. Yeah, so if you, just having a metronome with clicking, that's yeah. giving you an auditory cue. And if you can think about your walking cadence and how you're gonna move mm -hmm. your feet when they're touching the floor to the beat of a metronome. That can be really helpful while you're in motion. It's something you might try also if you have a freezing episode. It might be hard to think, okay, now I need to get my phone and put a metronome on. But mm -hmm. if you have an app right there, something you can turn on, it's mm -hmm. worth a try. It's probably worth a try before it happens to mm -hmm. see how well you can deal with something like that, you know. Yeah. Did you ever try that? I've not. Yeah. Like I, I didn't know what it was, but it was fun. Like we were in the in the gym and we we literally like walked around but to certain mute certain songs and like you hear the beat of the song and you try and walk to it and then you so just, I just you show that i have no rhythm even when it comes to walking yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably way better than can't, you think can't dance and mm -hmm. uh then we talked about you can you know sing along with it but not many people want to sing out loud <laughs> yeah well that has actually the dual benefits so the mm -hmm. singing is great because you're gonna to get to work on your strength or the strength of your voice. But then you can adapt the cadence according to what you need for the situation. Mm -hmm. So if you wanna walk faster, you just sing a little bit quicker with mm -hmm. a greater frequency or the beat is higher. But like you said, you might, you might not wanna do that in the grocery store or when you're at church <laughs> or something like that. Maybe. Um, especially not if you have a voice like mine, you do not wanna <laughs> do that. But that can be really an excellent practice uh, mechanism. So what do you, um, like how, how do patients or people come to you? Is it, a, is it a referral from their doctor? Or like, if I just wanted to practice some things, like could I just call on you? And how does that work? I think it all starts with the conversation. People might just reach out if mm -hmm. they know about me through others. Every once in a while there'll be, you know, we'll have referrals from physicians, mm -hmm. certainly. But I think in a lot of cases, it's just a discussion to see what are the goals and how can I help? Mm -hmm. And because we want to work toward the goals that are most important for our clients. Yeah. And if it's working on something like that, then that's great. But I think what makes it most interesting is thinking about what are the, what's the real reason? What's the activity that somebody might be missing out on because mm -hmm. freezing episode is happening and they don't want to be you know, maybe stuck at a door out in the community or something like that. So we can go through that to make them less afraid to go participate mm -hmm. in their daily lives. So I think that's where I like to start is to have a conversation. What is happening functionally that is limiting this person? But most importantly, you know, what's the why behind working on it? Because I think that makes them much more likely to go for it and, you know, use some of these right. strategies because you know exactly what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And if there's something standing in your way, you're going to be that much more dedicated toward working on it. Um, I had a question. It was with somebody who is dealing with freezing of gait. 
and you know i know it, i see it on their face it's frustrating what what's one thing that you would give advice or tell them you know so that you know there's a ton of people out there that are like yeah it's it's it sucks it's horrible like what's one thing that you can guide them on um i the the guidance i think is not to overwhelm i hope i don't want to be overwhelming by giving a million strategies but we need to we need to try many mm-hmm. and see which ones they're most comfortable with so that they have something at the ready when a th- freezing episode happens mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a simple thing for somebody maybe it's just take a deep breath relax your facial muscles first mm-hmm. something like that 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 could free somebody up whereas mm-hmm. the next person it might be it might mean okay maybe i'm just going to take one step back with my right foot and then proceed forward mm-hmm. um, i've gotten things like where i can't run in place anymore and it's really weird but hmm. now if i can do ladders where my arms are going up and my then i'm not thinking focus on my legs moving i'm fine um lately i've mm-hmm. been like doing what like butt kicks i can do those just fine and so I'm, it's really weird but i can't do like sprints in place and hmm. you run in place anymore it's and it's just it probably in the past six months has gotten to that point where i'm like but at least you're finding other things yeah yeah but i have to find something else like i'm fine once i start doing ladders or butt kicks or whatever i can i'm fine to you know mm-hmm. run in place but for me just to say you know pick up your feet and start running in place it doesn't do it but it's finding that yeah that other way of kind of getting it started hmm. well this is great joel thank you so much for for joining us and for sharing the information um, about freezing of gait and, and all the uh, ideas that we can bring back to, to others and, and hopefully it helps those who have the issue of I sure. gait. So. I hope so. Thank you so, so much for yes, having me. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, in our last 30 seconds, I'd like to leave you with this. If you suffer from freezing or slowness of movement or know someone who does, remember to slow down. Cue yourself, then make your move. A big move if you can. There's no rush. Rushing is what makes us fall, so slow down. Take your time, listen to some music and sing along and if you can, and dance like no one is watching. Live your life to the fullest. Thanks so much for tuning in. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is produced by Melissa Carlson and Steve Brandenburg. To contact us, email info at thesecretlifeofpd.org. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not responsible or liable for any medical advice, diagnosis, course of treatment, or any other information obtained through this podcast. The information provided by The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast you are encouraged to consult a physician for a definitive diagnosis.